Hi. Hello. Welcome back to the Gassy Adulting Podcast. We're back. We're back. Week two. Episode two. We did it. So for those first listening, I'm Anais and I'm joined by Fatima. And we're just two girlies who are barely one functioning adult. Yep. And we're just here to talk about all the things. But if you haven't already, go back and listen to episode one so you can learn all about who we are and what we're trying to do here. Um, But before we get into it, we want to say thank you to everyone who has listened already, who has followed us on Instagram who has reached out and let us know that they're so excited because we're excited. It's been great. Yes. And we're so ecstatic. I feel like we're using excited a lot, but we are ready to just really dive into some topics. And that first topic for today is really about social media influencing our careers. If you remember back to episode one, Fatima and I met because of social media, because we are both influencers and content creators, and we wanted to dive more into that subject. Yeah. So we also have, um, kind of unique experiences with our careers versus content creation versus when content creation was our full-time careers um, and things like that. So we're going to talk about that, um, get into it and talk about kind of the inspiration behind why we are where we are today. Um, and why we decided to add on another platform to our it's, list of things which is kind of so like unbusy all the time yeah. you know, nothing yeah. to do because that's like a toxic trait is hustle culture and mm. even though we all like to be like rest like when i'm ready for a new project i'm ready for a new project yeah so, you, this, you know this is another thing for us to add to the many things that we already do so we're but really we're, bosses. and if you're yes. a girl boss too you're gonna enjoy this episode we so. don't gatekeep that. And my millennial is showing, so we're just going to continue on. <laughs> All right, do it. Yeah, so I'll start us off. Um, my career journey is very interesting because I actually was pre-med all of college. Even after I graduated, I took the MCAT. I started blogging and Instagramming back in 2015 um, when like blog blogs were kind of bigger and it's just something I didn't really stick to. And we can talk all about um, being consistent because that's a really big thing in social media. But I actually transferred schools and that fall of 2015, I stayed home and I discovered blogging and I started my first blog, The Fashionista Says, just as kind of like a side project, side hustle, you know, and I was doing um, the college fashionista. I don't know if you know what that is. Yeah, um, I was part of it too. Yeah, so I did that, but I wasn't in college at the time. I was just kind of like scamming the system. Um, <laughs> and so I really liked that. And then, yeah, I went on to transfer to DePaul University and was really um, like flowed in and out of blogging. And but I like was really trying to take care of my studies. There's so much I wish I could tell myself now, but I think that's a whole other episode. Yeah. Um but after I graduated, I was studying for the MCAT. So I was like, okay, I'm going to like spend a little bit of time doing a little bit more social media, which and then I became cafecito in Chicago, where I talked a lot about, you know, being Cuban and growing up. Um, 
and now living in Chicago. But that kind of fizzled out when I just became really into wellness. And now I'm just Anais Dominguez on Instagram and just kind of use that. I like long form writing, but I think my interests are more in photography and mostly videography. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, and I you know, tested the waters of so many careers. I really wanted to be a doctor and that just wasn't my path. And I looked into dietetics. I looked into, um, I'm trying to think what else I tried to do. Oh, uh, psychology. Like I applied to go to NYU for, uh, like industrial and organizational psychology. So I really had a few years that I was like kind of figuring it out. Um, but that's kind of a little, a little 30 second pitch on that's more than 30 seconds that's just a little pitch on me and you know where i am right now i am a full-time freelance content creator as well as i work for an advertising company um and i do a lot of like financial media stuff how did it's your family take um you switching from wanting to be a doctor to doing other things? um i i mean i think that i built up a lot of like negative feedback in my head ultimately like they just wanted me to be happy um but i think i was a lot harder on myself than anyone else just because too like i it's so easy it's so easy when you're not in like a stem or you're going to a medical profession to get a job out of college and for a lot of people who want to go to grad school or medical school or whatever they spend a lot of time like studying or taking a break before they go into you know school so um i was a lot harder on myself mm-hmm. but yeah but now i like kind of the flow of my job and um working in advertising and i do a lot of like ugc content influencing content based on wellness and self-care i love it yeah i also had a big transition too so going into college i thought i was going to law school um and i was really set on it um and so was my whole family so everyone was kind of like she's gonna be the lawyer um and that was kind of a huge almost like personality trait um my whole life of like that was gonna be my thing and then i got to college and started discovering new things. Um, so I also had a blog, um, and it's still the same name. It's still called virtually Vogue on Instagram. Um, but yeah, it just started cause I like loved fashion and I always had a passion for it, but I was kind of like, well, that's not my career. Like I'm not going to have a career in fashion. And then I went to school in New York and I was like, mm, wait, maybe I could have a career in fashion. Um, but ultimately decided like I wanted that to be fun and like not my full-time job and just like something I did. So my blog lived, um, and it was really fun. And I think like getting to be creative really brought out a lot in me that I hadn't before because I felt like I was like super academic and like focused on school and like didn't allow myself to be creative um so I feel like blogging like opened up a bunch of doors for me and then I studied psych um and really liked it and thought it was really interesting so then I thought maybe I might go down that route Um, But ultimately just like started doing internships in comms and like working with different people, um, different organizations and just like really, really enjoyed it because it felt like a way to do like the stuff that I thought was fun and like creative and also like 
really strategic and like thinking about how things look and how people react to it and like how to talk to people and tell stories and stuff like that. So I shifted. I said, I'm not going to law school. Um, And it was actually a big deal um, when I decided that from like my family and just like, you know, first gen things of like expectations of what you're going to do and like it being these very specific like jobs that are expected. Um, and when did you decide this? When did you decide this? Um, after my freshman year in college. So I did like a internship at a law firm and was like, Mm-mm, that could not be me. That is not me. Like that is not my story. So it was very like, you know, Troy Bolton being like, it's not my dream. It's yours. Like, so I have to, I had to come to terms with all of that. Um, but like, exactly like you said, it was like so hard for me. And I was really hard on myself being like, oh, I'm not doing like this thing that I was supposed to. And like, now what am I going to do? Um, but then like my path into comms was really pre- like pretty easy after that. Um, and just kind of like, the more I did it, the more I liked it. Um, so now I'm a communications manager at a nonprofit. Um, because I think the other thing about me is that I've always been very like, um, activisty, I guess, like, I've always had a thing about like, helping others and like equality and like raising awareness for causes. And that's always been a huge part of my life. So I knew that like, wherever I worked, I wanted it to be making an impact. So that's why I'm like in the nonprofit sphere too, just like still doing comms, which I think is really fun and like creative. Um, So that's where I am now. But it, it hasn't been easy. Um, but I think it's it's nice. And I think like the nine to five life is it has its pros and its cons. And like after I graduated college, I had a hard time finding a job, which was remember, like, yeah. yeah, it was also like a huge like psychological thing of me being like, oh, my God, like nobody wants me like I'm a failure, you know, like all the things that you tell yourself. Um, and then luckily found a job and like whatever and now I'm I'm somewhere else but I think that was really hard so when I was unemployed I was influencing full-time like virtually Vogue was like my full-time job and my full-time source of income which was like nice to be able to have that backup and like have money coming in but also kind of made it stressful because I was like okay now I have to like make money off of this thing that was for fun and yeah of course like I had contracts with brands over the years and like it was kind of like nice, like additional money, but it wasn't like, I need this to like live my life. Um, and so I'm like grateful for that time, but I think it also kind of like, I don't want to say ruined it, but like a little bit, you know, like, I feel like it just puts so much pressure. Out. Yeah. And it like, everything's changed. Like Instagram is like so different now. And like, it was kind of when TikTok was like blowing up. And so then I was like, okay, now I'm on mm-hmm. TikTok and like, what am I doing? And so now I'm kind of like trying to get back into it and just like posting things that like make me happy and not putting like so much pressure on like, did this get 150 likes or did it get like 50? You know, like I just, I th- and I think that's really hard to do. And we've talked about this a lot, but I'm trying to find my way back to it. So follow me, follow along <laughs> as I learn how to do it again. 
Yes. I mean, I think that's the thing with social media and like consistency. It's so hard because everyday life is not consistent in the way that we want to portray it on social media. And like I do a lot of self-care and wellness, but like my health and wellness are not always the best. And so it's like hard to ebb and flow. And then you put the creative aspect and then you put it's like, how do I do it but be different? Mm -hmm. And I think I forgot what I was listening to. But Oh, it was a pod. It was the Skinny Confidential podcast with Ben Soffer, who like created Spit Society, and his wife is the Toast People. He's like, you don't always have to do it better, just do it. And so I think that's always like a good thing. Like I think we try to be so, like, put a lot of pressure on ourselves, but you just being you makes you different than somebody else. It doesn't have to be like I feel like there's this competition in the space. Yeah, with what you know, like who has more followers, who's more creative. And it's like you just showing up and being yourself like that is a different experience and nobody else can, you know, do that as long as you're not plagiarizing. No, exactly. I mean, I also think for us as Latinas, like getting into the influencer content creation space was hard. Like I also started my blog in 2015, twinsies. It was it was a great year. How old are you? Like 12? <laughs> no, okay. I was in high school. Come on. Um and but I didn't like really ramp it up until I was in college, but that's when And it was, was this only Instagram or was this Instagram and no, a website? I yeah, I had a website. Like I okay. wrote stuff, which was fun. But I think that was also when blogs were like dying, you know, like it was like towards the end of like the big blogs were very much like an adult thing. I feel yeah. like and, and it's I loved reading them. Like I would, yeah. I had so many blogs that I would read all the time. And See, just I'm like, more of a visual person, and yeah. so like watching videos, like my thing was YouTube, and I always, mm -hmm. always wanted to do like a YouTube channel and do that, and that's kind of died down. I feel yeah. like unless you or a big like vlogger or something and not saying that if you want to do that like do it but yeah anything you do in the social media space do not do it with the intention of money and everyone will tell you that like I think a big thing when we started the podcast was like this is for fun because I've definitely just even started other businesses where like it quickly became like my outlook was like okay but I I want to make money I want this to be my sole job because I was in that space of not what what's the opposite of abundance um scarcity yeah. and so you know putting a lot of pressure on my business partner and ultimately like everything just like crumbling down um but yeah that was my big thing in like 2013 2012 was like youtube videos and sometimes i wish i just had done it and just like yeah it was a big ego thing for i think for me not to do it and um but that's i guess so different now in the space it's just so easy for anyone to like flip your camera on and like post the video online yeah i think tiktok is so different but yeah i mean i tried youtube too like i had a dream of being like a youtuber full-time and i think so many people did and even now i'm kind of like what if i would have just like gotten out of my head and like stuck with it because it also was like embarrassing you know like when you were like it at a certain age like doing that and you were like oh my god everyone's gonna watch my videos and think i'm yeah so and people were like, like me too like yeah. um but no exactly oh. what you're saying about like the money thing i my family was like has has been was like super supportive of 
me doing like content creation stuff. And my brother actually shout out to him. Um, he sent me like a video when I was first starting and I don't remember what it is, but I think it's like a little kid talking to like a gamer who's like a big like YouTuber. And he tells him like, I don't, yeah, I don't remember who it was, but it was like something about him being like, you can't do this. Like, just for the money or for like how many followers you're going to have because like you're never going to like get anywhere and you're just going to get in your own way. Like you have to do it because you love it. And whether one person sees it or like a hundred people see it, you still have to have that same passion because like you're creating something you love. And I was like, that is so true. And I feel like that is like something I've always tried to hold on to. Of course it's hard, right? Like, you know, with the algorithm changing and like Instagram, like, losing how many like people see your things and stuff like that like it can be discouraging but I think when you love it and when you're doing it for a purpose which is like what I'm getting to is that the whole reason I started blogging and like doing that is because I didn't see anyone who looked like me doing it you know like I would go on Instagram I would go on the blogs I would go on Pinterest and only see a very specific type of person who was like the ideal for Mm -hmm. fashion and for style and for all these things. And I was like, well, I don't look like that, but I also love fashion and I also love all of these things. And so if not me, like who, you know, like if I can be that representation or like make someone else feel like, oh, like I could do it too if she's doing it, you know, and that was kind of like the whole guiding principle. And it's great that we're doing this because I feel like this is a whole new version of that, right? Of like not seeing enough of us in this space and wanting to do that. But I feel like representation is huge. And like, really, I think a lot has changed. And now you go on TikTok, and there's like a whole like Latina creator, like follow trend. And like, everyone's, you know, like supporting each other. And I follow a bunch of Latinas who have like, thousands of followers and it's so like refreshing to see that and to be like, that is amazing. And I love this for you. But it was not like that. And it definitely was not like that when both of us were a lot of it too in the beginning, like way back. Let's go back to like MySpace and Facebook because we all know the girlies that were Facebook famous. Mm-hmm. They were lived in your town. They were the girls that wore Victoria's Secret Angel costumes on Halloween and were like in high school. At least that's how it was like in Miami. But also the news and culture and how the outside perceived, just like how even at the beginning, like I was like, what is TikTok? That's a bunch of, you know, really young kids. That's how MySpace and Facebook were perceived. And so when I started, there was this really big, no, you're not allowed to be on the Internet. And kind of, I mean, I remember I got in trouble for being on MySpace all the time. I'm definitely aging myself. And I was definitely way too young to be on MySpace. But there was this like stranger danger thing. And I think being... profiles on? Wasn't that a thing? I would change my profile all the time. Like it was like (laughs) my friend Natasha and I would talk about it all the time. Like we would... I remember there was like Picnic and there was like all these websites. And I was a design, like I was a web designer at like 12 years old. Had little like Kardashian, like when the Kardashians came out. But also like there, and there still is in the older like Latin, Latin generation of like stranger danger. Like, Mm -hmm. who are you talking to? Like, who are you sending? You know, what are you doing online? Like kind of that privacy aspect, which I think a lot of Latin people are 
very private in a sense. Um, and so I have like that ingrained in me. And so I think that's why I didn't start until a lot later. And even then, like I've gotten into some <laughs> fights with some people, not like random people but like family where they'd be like well you just have like three followers like what are you doing like blah blah and i'm like well this is how much i made like this year like it's not you know i'm not banking on it but one it's something i like to do and two like i am like do i don't know to me it's something meaningful and you know and mm -hmm. how many followers did jesus have just 10 so i always think of that yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I also think that's the big thing in the community, too, of like, being like, where's the money? Like, what are you what are we getting from this? And I feel like that was like, that's like my biggest fight is being like, it's not about that. And it's about like, people saying like, hey, like what you shared means a lot to me. And mm -hmm. like, I've gotten those messages over the like last, I guess, eight years, which sounds like crazy but the fact that it's been that long of doing this um and again I don't have like that many followers but I think like getting those messages of someone being like you inspired me to like take a fashion risk or like you telling your story means so much to me or like seeing you work with Aerie or when I worked with Kate Spade like those are like massive brands that like a lot of us in our community like didn't have opportunities to work with you know and so I feel like it's and spoiler like to everyone, like, you don't need a lot of followers to yeah. work with these brands. Like, I remember when I worked with Aerie, I think I just reached, like, 1,300 followers. Mm -hmm. And, like, if you think about it, like, growing on Instagram is so hard on any platform. And, like, I really do think it's, like, the luck of, like, the strike of the luck or whatever. Yeah. But it just takes, like, showing up every day. And, um, but, yeah, like you work with these great brands and I think that a lot of people they talk about when they became big or when they blew up and they don't really talk about like the struggles of getting there and mm -hmm. um you know like what it was like to have 1500 followers or 3000 followers and I think now there's so much micro nano micro influencer talk yeah. that um, really helped that I have a question like who are the because we're still talking about like you see people represented um now on TikTok with the mass followings, but I still feel like it's very underrepresented, like underrepresented, underrepresented in the term, like in the aspect of these TikTokers, whatever that like really blow up. I think the only one that I can like think of is Teffy, who does mm -hmm. a lot of like more national stuff. Um, but I I still think there's just so much more growth in it, and I just don't know if it's because people like us are not making content or if it's like they're not thin and blonde and you know that like they're overseen I'd love to like hear your thoughts about that yeah I definitely don't think it's the first one like I think there are so many Latinas or just like Latinx folks who are posting all the time but it's kind of like the whole quote that's like we have to work twice as hard to get half as much and it yeah. sucks right like that's why whenever I see like a black or brown person like creating content that comes up on my feed, I'm like, like, follow, mm -hmm. like, I'm trying to like, you know, do my part because it's hard. And like, we don't get attention. And it's really bizarre to me because like, we as Latinos are like the biggest like media consumers in America. Like, we yeah. truly make up the biggest portion of like, 
you know, movie watchers and TV watchers and like who are consuming all of these things. And yet, like, there are so few of us, like, even like, obviously, we're talking about influencing and content creation. But like, when you think about like, major TV shows or movies, like, we're very rarely like the main character in a lot of these things, you know, which sucks and is like, so sad to see that still being the case in 2023. But I yeah, I mean, I think it's like brands maybe perceive like, oh, like, we're not going to get as much bang for our buck if we like, you know, represent this person versus this other person who like, or it has to either be very niche, like Hispanic Heritage Month, like I can, you know, have your you can have your campaign, or it has to come from yeah, or it has to come from a place of hitting the quota, which mm-hmm. unfortunately I think we saw in 2020 of like, yeah, a lot of people got a platform, but it's because of the lack before. And I think that sometimes it's really easy to see brands that how they were diverse during 2020 into mm-hmm. 2021 and how that's slowly like trickling away. And so it's like brands have to like, get their head out of their ass and something big has to happen and they need to get caught like called out for there to be representation and it's not it doesn't represent everyone really either yeah i mean it's like we just saw it too recently like with tarts whole scandal of like all of their influencers like being white and then them like tokenizing certain people of color to like bring them on the trip and then treating them like badly. And it was a whole scandal. Then afterwards they were like, Oh, we're inviting all the people of color now. And it's like, "Mm." it's just like, there's so many creators out there. Let me backtrack. And I will die on this Hill. And if anyone wants to fight me, like come for me, but influencing is a lot of it is based off privilege. Like for sure. Yes, you you have to work hard. Like, I'm not trying to say nobody worked hard to get where they were. But like, as a basically first person in my family to go to college full time, I had to work like, Mm -hmm. I, you know, my parents were like, please, like, you can stay home if you want. But like, you're not going to get the same experience if you don't move and you know, go to school in a different state. And I'm really glad that they pushed me to do that. But I had to work, you know, on top of going to school, on top of, you know, studying. And so like, yeah, if I really, and you know, I would create content like here and there and do that when I could or like thought about it. But if I didn't have to like work, take care of myself, you know, be in clubs and organizations that I love to do, don't get me wrong. I could, you know, have spewed out so much more content, but like that kind of like resistance that comes with it, it's so... It, it like grinds my gears because yeah. I can name, I don't want to like name drop or like whatever, but we know these big influencers that went to nice schools were able to do like the sorority stuff and like, you know, do just have a little bit more freedom because they didn't have to worry about paying rent every, every month without going super into debt, um, food, things like that, that like I was responsible for myself, like my parents helped but like not in a way that I didn't have to work or do anything well it's also like the kind of content that does well right like uh like here's my haul of spending like two thousand dollars at whatever store or like my huge 
like box of clothes from Reformation or Aritzia or whatever. And it's like, you, if you can't afford that, like you can't make videos like that. And you know, like that doesn't mean that your content isn't any, like, isn't as valuable. It's just kind of like, yeah, people like to consume that. Or it's like, come with me to the like most expensive restaurant in New York City. And it's like, when I lived in New York City, I was not going there, you know, but like, I think that those experiences are also still valid. And like, I think we as a community also have to do better about like supporting each other and like lifting up content. And like, that's why things like the like follow trend and all that stuff. I was like, this is great. This is huge. Like, we need to do more of this. Like, there's no reason why we shouldn't be supporting each other and like hyping each other up and our content and things like that. And even within the Aerie program, like, I'm so glad that like you and I like found each other and have been able to maintain that. Because when you actually think about it, and like, I think we knew a good portion of the people who started the program with us, like, there wasn't that many of us within the program, like Latinas, and we know them and we can share their ads because they're all amazing. And And I can tell you that they were all invited to the Hispanic Heritage Month post, and it's not very many. Yeah. And we, you know, we're going to bring some of them on the show, hopefully, and we can chat with them. But I think like, it's so important, right? And like, being able to like, support each other and talk about the work that all of us are doing. And like, if no one else is going to do it, we have to at least do it for each other, you know, like, and be cheerleaders and be like, I love this. I love this content. And now I'm seeing like so many people even like posting like in Spanglish or like trying to be like, you know, content creators that like only speak Spanish. And like, I think that's important. And like, obviously, people living outside of the States have been doing that. But like, even within the States, like, you know, like speaking Spanish on your platform, like all the time, I think is really cool. And just like, you know, sharing like more than what we always see, I think is important. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also too, just like, talking to people like I know that something I've been trying to do better especially with the girls that were in the airy program um and I'm I am part of like the parade program so I kind of got a spike in followers like just mutual followings then and just like talking to them commenting responding like don't make it a big like like yeah um I know all these influencers, but I don't know anything about them. And I feel like for a while I was like, just that's how I felt like, oh, this person, this person, but it's like actually interacting with them and supporting them. I don't know if that made sense, but. Mm-hmm. Um, and not being in competition, like just because yeah. you have an Instagram platform doesn't mean that I can't also have one. And if like, you know, like both of us were air ambassadors both of us could be doing a million things mm-hmm. and like that doesn't mean like there's enough always helping each other out like i literally anytime mm-hmm. i get a brand deal or like someone emails me i send it in the chat hey i'm i'm using this app and i've gotten some really great deals hey like these are all the emails that you know and it's too and i think too something i don't know fatima if you can agree but i did a poll the other day of like can you do you know how to pronounce my name because like you see it and i know this is like something i get a lot on like dating apps and they're like how do you pronounce your name but i think that too like makes me a little insecure of not having like you know a very common name or like a more blog i mean i could have always had like a blogging name Mm -hmm. but um yeah that too of like people knowing i just went on a tangent but 
Yeah, no, it's it's okay, girl. Everyone calls me Fatima, and that's not how you say my name. I know my friend was, or my brother-in-law was like, "Isn't it um, Fatima?" And I was like, "She, no, it's Fatima." Like she's (laughs) El Salvadorian. Yeah. So no, yeah. I mean, that's real. I mean, I think even like when we met up, it was like, "How do we say?" And I. From RBD is the reason why I know how to say your name. Cause like, yeah, and you asked me too. And I was like, oh, it's Anais. Cause it's funny because my parents can't even agree, but that's a different story from another day. But I go by like Anais. And so sometimes I'm like, do people, can people relate to me because, or can people connect with me because of my name? And it sounding, I mean, it's French, but Anais, Anais was a really big popular. Yeah, a really big popular Cuban perfume, which is not who I was named after before my mom barges in here and is like, that's not what I named you after. But <laughs> it's a bit it was really big in the Latin community, like around the time I was born. Um, and so I'm always like, because I know there's so many people that I'm like, oh, that's Tinks, that's so and so that's whatever. And I know how to say their name where it's like, do people can people spread, you know, my channels and being like, oh, I like so and so instead mm-hmm. of being like, oh, I don't really. I don't know. Names are such a big thing for me and like connection. And sometimes I'm like, well, if only like I had like a more like American name, like, you know what I mean? But like, I I feel like I hadn't really thought about that. And I think because of like my at always being virtually Vogue, like I didn't think about it, but I guess it's like, yeah. Like if people just referred to me as that and like, didn't know how to say my name, like, I think that's kind of rough. Um, um, I'm trying to think. So we are actually just going to keep talking about social media and influencing just for this episode. And next week, we'll talk more about careers. I think just again, we I both had situations where we changed careers. And there's a lot that I want to go in with that, especially like what, how we decided our majors, how we decided like our careers, because mine really goes back to high school and living in a Cuban household and, mm-hmm. you know, um, living in Miami and all of that. But yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit though, because I feel like when it comes to social media and that standard of, you know, beauty standard, there's also a Latina standard that mm-hmm. comes from probably the novelas we watched or kind of the language around that of like Latina girls have to be curvy. They have to have big boobs and they have to have a big butt. And that's like the perfect latino girl um and so i'd love to know like your experience with that and like kind of what um kind of like fashion you talked about and how you navigated through that and like all of that yeah i mean that's huge and i think we're also gonna have an episode just about body image because i think that Mm -hmm. is like a whole world in and of itself but i think that was like a huge part of my platform and I kind of feel like I haven't been talking about it as much lately. And like, I definitely should, but I think like body positivity, body positivity or like body neutrality even is like kind of what I first like, well, obviously I was focused on fashion, but I think along the way I realized like, I can't really talk about fashion and like owning it without talking about like how I see myself. And like, I think, imposter syndrome like feeds into so many different things and it like like it'll be a big part of what I talk about in terms of a career but even with like content creation I was like why would anyone want to see what I'm wearing or like why would anyone want like 
my body doesn't look like the models that I see. And I actually think like Aerie was a huge part of that, of me being able to like, be like, oh, the models are unretouched. Like, you know, part of, I don't know if I can say this, but like part of our contract was like to not retouch our photos ever. And I think like that was like amazing. And I loved that, like everything we were posting and seeing was like natural and like owning that. Um, But yeah, I don't have the like stereotypical Latina body. Like I don't have, I'm not super curvy. Like I don't have big boobs or big butt. And like, I think that's hard. Like it makes you feel like, am I not like how I should be and like all this stuff, you know, but I think like owning it and just being like, here's how I dress my body. And like, this is my body. This is what you get. Like I'm owning it. That doesn't make me any less. (laughs) I feel like my accent just came out right there. That doesn't make me any less Latina than like anyone else, you know, but also like, I hate that, you know, like I hate seeing like, a very specific version of who we are be like represented and like no hate to them, but I'm like Salma Hayek, Sofia Vergara, like are just such sexualized. Yeah, that's exactly. And like JLo, you know, like all these like iconic Latinas who I love and adore, like no Mm -hmm. tea, no shade to any of them, but I'm just like, you are very specific. And like, yeah, a lot of your roles, like you're being sexualized and like, you you were telling me right that like the like Latina hash Latina girl hashtag is like banned yeah. something like that yeah 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 I think there's a couple of them like Latina or even just like I have to look through it you can look it up but um or like I'm saying like anyone can look it up but yeah or even I don't know I just feel like and again this can come from very um in our body positivity episodes but even it being just very like polar opposites like i think the other side of the spectrum is very prominent and just like what is like you know like plus size models them all being or not all but like a lot of them being brown black latino like things like that and so that's also Mm -hmm. like where do i fit in that i mean personally like i get very um shoveled but yeah i think too like living in miami a lot of people it's a very, it's a big modeling industry, right? And so, yes, we have people that are Latina, like Latinx and represented, but it's only a very small percentage body-wise. And I think since we go from, you know, our medias went from like novelas, you know, TV shows, these very special, like niche TV shows to social media, like, I don't know, it's... It's very, um, it can be kind of like, not hurtful, but like toxic. Yeah, toxic for sure. Um, But in talking about like all the things on a more positive note, I guess I'll say. um, (laughs) Thank you. That's what she's here for. What is, yeah, I try to keep it light, you guys. Um, what is like your I'm hope? You're like, my trauma is. <laughs> what is your hope for like the years to come for like our community when it comes to influencing and content creation and like this whole yeah. field that we're both in, but obviously like is much bigger than us, you know? <laughs> I, one, would love to see 
more content that isn't making fun of not making like i think a lot of content right now that we've seen and i think of like le huang james and all these other people they're laughing like we're laughing with them because it's relatable but i think you know and how we grew up and things like that and like hee hee and ha ha but i would love to see just more content of just more real content in the everyday and how you know the fusion of that and i would love to see a latino woman on a billboard and like have the number one podcast or have a product with you know do a really big product collaboration with a brand or something like that and not it be but also i mean i don't know if this is now going to be like she's contradicting herself but also not be the center of why she's on that poster like yes she's a story yes and it's just like it's like i am I don't want a but, I want an and. I want an influencer and I'm Latina. I'm not mm-hmm. a Latina, but I'm an influencer, you know, kind of mm-hmm. that language around it. And so, yeah, I just think more casual representation. Um, again, I love all the Abuela videos, all like, I remember when Chongalicious came out and like all of those. I don't know if you yeah. know what that is, but, but just like more day-to-day, like just having conversations, just I would love to see you know, a family with an abuela that vlog every day and it's kind of very normal and it's not, um, it's not a hyper fixed joke mm-hmm. at the end of the day because yeah, we're he and ha but like, that's not how it was like every single day. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah. And yeah, I don't know. I love what about you? I think I'd like to see more of the things that like, make our make our community be celebrated and I guess what I mean by that is like like I'm really into like home decor and stuff right and like in thinking about my like childhood home or like you know all these things like I feel like things that get hyped up are so specific and very like white honestly and so I'm like like in my house we have a wall like full of crosses and my mom collects them and like people bring them to her from all over and I'm like that's so beautiful. That's so special. Like, I want to see that on a home decor video being like, look at how nice this is. Or like, all of the like, fun traditions that make us who we are. And like, are don't have to be like this super glamorous thing, right? Like, like Christmas and like all of the traditions that come with that. And like, we eat tamales every Christmas and really like, you know, come with me to Christmas Eve in La Sala with my family, you know, and like, really just being like, I love that. And I want to see that. And I want to see like people cooking our food and having those be like super successful cooking channels on YouTube or TikTok or... I have to plug something in real quick. My dad does videos called Cooking with a Cuban and he makes Cuban dishes. I'll link them in the show notes just because I have to represent... Go follow. The man who gave me life and just... And he just puts so much like... He does it because he loves it and he, um, but yeah, and also just kind of going what you're saying and I'll let you finish, but the years that don't look so glamorous for like Christmas, Mm -hmm. like some years we just have to cater food because my abuela passed away a couple years ago and there's no one to really do it. And those transitions as you're kind of transitioning to what generation is the oldest. And I think right now, what's really interesting is that we're going through that generational yeah switch and change um you know 
Yeah, I was I literally you read my mind because I was about to say, I want to see more generations of us because I think like, our, I mean, I don't know if you consider yourself the same generation. But on the cusp, on the cusp, right, on the cusp, zillennials, if you will. Um, but really like, kind of are the like ones our parents and then like, right, us. are really the ones who are like, in this kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. like, even in my content, like, I try to feature my mom. And like, eventually, I want to feature my nieces. And like, when my grandma's here, like, I know she, she she's not a fan of like being on camera, but I'm gonna put her in something because I'm like, yeah. I want to show the beauty of who we are. And like, I want to see a billboard, like you're saying that is like, super normal. Like, I don't want to go to Times Square and be like, whoa, there's one of us. Like, I want it to yeah. be like, oh, you know. Because it's one. Hispanic Heritage Month. Exactly. Yeah, but just being I like. see like multiple mm-hmm. generations on a billboard and like showing that. Because I think like family is so core to a lot of us. And so, yeah, I'm like, if I ever, you know, manifesting, ever get like a big contract and like I'm on a billboard, like I would we love. to adulting on a billboard near you. Period. I, I see it. I live it. We breathe it. It's going to happen. Yes. Um, but like, yeah, I would love for like my mom to be on it or like my sister and like, you know, like all these things because I'm like, I wouldn't be me without all of them. And so I think like, yeah, I want like someone who's abuela age to be TikTok famous. Like I would love that. I'm sure there are like there are, I've yeah. seen them, but I'm just like more of that, like make that normal, yeah. you know? And I think too, for us who, you know, I will never see a I would never be on a billboard with my abuela but kind of keeping that memory and keeping that alive and like what she taught me and mm-hmm. um what both my grandparents ta- grandmothers taught me and like how they brought their unique cultures in and how I'm a blend of that and like yeah just like not letting it be forgotten because I think that's something that maybe like a little like my grandparents generation they don't really have rep like they don't really have anything to show for their parents and their grandparents or something to be like a lot of it was like word of mouth or like again because of communist cuba or like just growing up poor like i am very fortunate that i can take i can record recipes i can document mm-hmm. you know different things and and stuff like that so yeah, just, you know, kind of keeping that legacy alive. Yeah. So if you are a Latinx content creator, YouTuber, storyteller, whatever you are, hit us up. We want to feature you. Um, we'll yeah. start a, a feature on our Instagram stories where we will highlight people in the community because I think that's really important to both of us. And we really want this to be a platform where we can hype you all up and like get that get those you know what is it like i don't know what i'm trying to say just get the vibes going yeah just get the good vibes going and um no i love that and just like also if you have any stories to tell about um your careers or influencing social media uh we'll put something to We'll put like a little question box and you can DM us and share your stories and we would love to share them on the next episode or anything that you related to. Um, let us know. I think too, um, I feel like now I, I just had a thought about like, it's also the countries that are represented, you know, yeah. like we see a lot of 
certain countries represented more than others and we definitely need to talk about that sometime um but yeah i hope you loved i feel like this is like we just call these the gassy adulting rants oh yeah we're just we're just chatting every little thought that comes into our mind that's what like part of being latina is like i have so many thoughts and every other also every other thought is is the stove on even if it's not <laughs> los frijoles on the stove did i, did I, I leave them on yeah so Anyway. Los frijoles on the stove is the Latina women's is my hair straightener plugged in. Yep, 100%. 100%. And for those of us that it's both because I went through a phase of taking pictures um, to make sure that my straightener was unplugged because always- well, from Bay to Beach, once again, it's been fun. It's been real. It's been really fun. And we send you lots of besos and cariños. And we'll see you next Wednesday. Yeah. Bye. Bye.